Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, folks, welcome to The Bizzle's Commentary for Daredevil, Season 2, Episode 4, A Penny and Dime. My friends, get ready for the introduction of the character who I think by far is underrated of all the on-screen, especially on TV, portrayals. Of all the series of all DC and Marvel and otherwise we've gotten, the gap between how great I think Elodie Young is and Electra, as Elektra and how great Elektra is in the series and the fact that some people are so-so or worse on her is the biggest gap, uh, I think. I mean, I've had, I have that gap with a lot of movies, like Ultron, for example. But in terms of characters, I'm usually on board with the ones that people like the most and can understand the ones that people have problems with. I cannot, for the life of me, understand what there is not to love about Elektra. But we will get there. Go fetch our friend, Finn and Drink. So, we were just on the rooftop before, and then we had the epic battle to end episode. I did a lot of philosophizing in that. This is a very menacing, red-headed Irish guy. With the, with the great beard. I appreciate the the grooming. <laughs> Hold on a little, a little better than this game. So, yeah. So, I, I don't... There was no way that Matt and Karen were ever going to work. And when you see his attraction to Electra, you can totally see why. Because in addition to being stunningly sexy, which is maybe part of people's problem, is how you know she's just too good-looking or something, which is, sounds absurd, but it does factor into people's... Uh, ability to, I guess, empathize with, with actresses and actors as well as their characters. Um, but, uh, but the fact that she's so complicated and the like ultimate reclamation project, like the thing that Matt really thinks he's fighting for and the, and he, if he could just save her, he'd really be doing God's work. Just not realizing how much his dick is talking, which stick tries to point out to him many times. Um, not that Electra doesn't deserve consideration, but, it, it, I mean, the amount to which he's blinded by her wiles is is so... Of all of Matt's problems, is the most glaring one by far. And that can, very, can be very uncomfortable to watch. And and you're, you're not supposed to like Electra in sort of the traditional sense. I mean, even Darth Vader, like, uh, you know, the reason Vader remains such a popular, vi- popular villain is that we're given permission to hate what he's doing but love everything else about him because he's just a... a out, out, uh oh, right in the eye. You know, you know, and, and villains like the Joker as well. Like, we're never, of course, we would never sympathize with the Joker, so we can have fun liking him. The more morally, ambigu- morally ambiguous characters, it gets a lot harder. And even though everyone loves Kilgrave, it was undeniably uncomfortable during that briefly period when he's imprisoned by her, being tortured by Jessica, and shown videos of him being seemingly tortured as a child by his parents in medical experiments. You've 
feel bad for Kilgrave briefly. It's a very uncomfortable feeling. Electra is like the Joker, and it's. I am not realizing till this watch watching that the reason the 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 Frank Matt and Electra Matt relationships are so great have some similarities to the, to the Joker dichotomy. Um, but for totally different reasons. Frank, because of the death and the morality of killing and Electra because of the nihilism, you know? I mean, Matt's trying to, to convince... Matt tries to convince... Matt, let me put it this way. Matt Murdock thinks he's trying to persuade a good person, Electra, who's acting very badly, to be good again, but doesn't realize that she is and has always been and will always be nihilistic and never see the world in the good and bad, black and white terms that he will, has no religious conscience, no real moral conscience, and, and she can't help herself. In terms of the law, I mean, you know, you still treat her the same terms of the law of being a, a, a killer, but in terms of judging her personality and her ability to be, you know, reclaimed, if that's possible for anybody, here come the guns, it gets really loud. I mean, there, there's never a chance for Electra, and it seems like Matt's discussions with Frank is like the most frustrating ongoing thing in this, in this season. And, and, and one thing I want to talk about maybe is how well daredevil daredevil actively works in things that it knows it's going to frustrate its watchers with over 13 episodes because you need to be uncomfortable to confront some of these things. You think the thing that's going to be the most uncomfortable is the Frank um, daredevil interactions but what's you know we see through the end of the Punisher series that he is really changed by the events of this. Frank Castle is changed by the people he meets and his experiences here and the experiences of his own series. Uh, he's not going to become a pacifist. He probably will go back to killing bad guys at some extent. But he does grow. He does evolve, and he does acknowledge his his flaws and things that Electra gets nowhere even near to. Um. And and sort of Electra is sort of the 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 Antichrist in sort of the literal sense of the Antichrist, like the the opposite, you know, uh, opposing version of Christ of Jesus Christ Himself is really interesting to think. She dies seemingly for her sins at the end, but she's really just dying for nothing because of the sins of her and everybody else's, and hers are among the worst. And this is what's so fascinating about Catholic guilt is that you'd think the Catholics would be, or just strong Christians of any kind, would be the least guilty of any faith because they've conveniently, you know, tied up all sins ever with one man dying. And if you just believe in him, then you'll be saved. That seems to be like the ultimate permission to do whatever you want. And certainly the Catholic Church and Christian faith has, has used it, as all major religions have, for really bad purposes. But that seems to be a get-out-of-guilt-jail-free card that certainly does not exist in, in Western religions, where guilt is a, moral guilt is a major, major aspect. But as soon as you are guilting someone into doing the right thing, you already have major problems, because it just demonstrates and proves that they are incapable of coming to moral, good moral decisions on their own. I think one thing that's lost is the difference between guilt and pity. Um, I, I think guilt is sort of a neutral emotion that sort of can be good or bad. And it usually ends up making us feel worse and do worse things. I, I think guilt on the whole does more harm than good on all levels, even to good people. Whereas pity, you know, in sympathy to be, you know, 
tone it down a little bit. I mean, but pity, the strong version, pity, I think is a positive emotion, um, or it's much more likely to lead to positive actions. Um, and that's where the empathy factor comes in that I talk about. Uh, and Daredevil never really empathizes with his, his victims, the, the, the criminals he fights. Um, his conflict is always with God and with what kind of, you know, good guy he's going to be. Um, but I think that was the smart running choice because we get that in Batman all the time that he's, you know, he's the criminals, um, which is funny because it's more true from Daredevil's standpoint. I mean, he's not rich. He's not Bruce Wayne. You know, he's just a, a guy who's a vigilante. So in that way, he's actually more similar to the criminals than Bruce Wayne, but that's just a constant theme in Bruce Wayne. Here's Karen in love with Matt. And this is, I think is also the, the mixed reaction to Electro is also based on, people liking Karen more than I thought maybe they would and wanting this, you know, very Mary Jane, um, type relationship, uh, for you Spider-Man fans out there to, to work out in the end. But I was initially shocked at this. If you guys listen to my JJ commentary from years, JJ season one commentaries from years ago when it came out was that I thought for sure, you know, Matt and Claire Temple would end up together because him and Rosario had such great chemistry in the first. She was the only one who knew his secret who could keep it. She's exactly the type of balancing personality, but she's complicated. But the fact that Claire isn't complicated enough, I mean, Karen has no shot in comparison to Electra's mental, demented mental state that, that is the thing that keeps Daredevil interested. And I think because Frank's a parent and was a parent and husband and Matt can't relate to exactly what that would feel like to lose the, the fam- his family in that way. Um, he and Frank do share the, the, Frank does kind of try to point this out to him about the selfish reasons why he's going around beating up bad guys um, from last episode and I was so busy philosophizing. Here's the here's Priest Paul, Matt's uh, adoptive father, I suppose. Um, which is, it's like, I, I always point to Jeremy Renner's bomb uh, diffusing character, psychotic bomb diffusing character in The Hurt Locker, which is, he only, he's so twisted by what he's, but by who he is and then what he's gone through and there's he can't come back and the only way he feels alive is you know in danger you know killing bad guys and defusing bombs without his suit on and you know i mean a real thrill seeker and that's what matt is and that's what Electra is and that's what punisher is they they, they have all of their various reasons for going after bad guys or perceived bad guys in their various ways but they're all thrill seekers and that's why foggy and karen can never fully understand matt why matt never fully trusts <clears throat> in them not not to keep his secret which he ultimately realizes you know uh, which seems obvious to us but it takes him to realize that he can trust foggy and karen the secret for sure but he can't as i've been trying to say like with foggy he can't level with them and his true feelings because they're they're dark and they're complicated he doesn't want nor can he ever envision himself having a normal life in the way most people can like a family is so far from from anything that he would even think about so of course the notion of a stable relationship with a great girl like karen that goes against everything i, I just said that we've been showed about matt in terms of keeping him pinned down and, you know, and I think that's also is one of the interesting questions to the arrows of the world, the Batmans of the world, the daredevils of the world to keep asking them is, okay, well, in your perfect world where you've taken down every bad guy and everyone else is too scared to act bad. And now what do you do with yourself? Do you start finding people who aren't maybe so bad? Do you just self-destruct? Look at... Oh, man. 
Yep. That's a that's a very Jewish thing. Like one life, when when one innocent life is lost, then the world is lost. Um, which is a little extreme, <laughs> but I I respect the sentiment. Oh, uh, is this a funeral for the guy they were defending? Matt sitting there going, "I saw this happen, and I know that this guy's actually a murderer." The thing that could have saved, helped potentially save Matt was confiding more in Foggy in this season. Not because he ultimately, uh, Foggy always finds out or he ends up telling Foggy anyways. And Foggy always reacts in the negative way that Matt expects. And so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If he would get Foggy in earlier, but trying to explain his mindset on these things, he doesn't think Foggy and Karen can change. He also thinks that they're way simpler and less smart than they are. And that's part of his journey. And the fact that they're such loyal friends across all the seasons is, is them still putting up with him, knowing that that's what he's thinking about them. No, he's telling the uh, the priest. Yeah, it was such a great. It was a great. Uh, when they were storyboarding the, the the first season in the series, having this character was obvious is an obvious one, but necessary to get a great guy to be the priest that you knew raised Matt Murdock and that he could con- con- confide in on all levels. I failed. At least you tried, right? Like you said, his life had value. A whole world's been lost. Hmm. What are you looking for? He's getting annoyed with Matt here. Forgiveness. Hmm. He couldn't have saved him. Yeah. Not doing more. That's not what he's saying. Right. You just said you did everything you could. So what are you? Yeah. So what else could you have done? Ah, here's the guilt. Why do I still feel guilty? There it is, guys. (laughs) The priest is looking at my God. Yeah, the priest understands this better than anyone. And so the priest says, okay, right. He says but guilt can be a good thing, a soul's called action. And that well, that is the good side of guilt that I didn't discuss before. So I'm glad Mr. Paul brought it up. Priest Paul. All right, the only way to rid your heart of it is correct your mistakes and keep going. Okay. Right. Yep. I'm not going to spoil anything from season three. Just that this 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 philosophical talk gets even more cool and interesting in season three, right from the beginning. The guilt, the guilt. What is he? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, actually, Karen is the one whose demons make the most sense. But that's all I'm going to say about that. Um. You know, like I was always wondering, like, did Daredevil kill someone early on that we just haven't heard heard about? Um, and I think them limiting Daredevil to three seasons, three great seasons, was was ultimately the smart choice because Mamarak is the way they're portraying him ultimately somewhat of a limited character um, for the level of drama and movement that they want. Now for our CW type series, sure. You take Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock, you could run him 12 seasons. It'd be better than what's on the CW. No offense guys. Um, that's a huge exaggeration. There's been some good arrow and other stuff, but, uh, and and I I think that any, everything gets sloppier and, and less good after four, five, six max seasons, but they wanted a very specific circumscribed arc, moral, uh, personal arc for Matt. And, uh, I think it was smart to have that plan from the beginning. Here comes the punishment. <laughs> Here cometh the punishment. The punishment cometh. He's he's got he's all he's got all sorts of punishment written in his face. 
Mm-hmm. They do mostly do a great job with name dropping of the of the characters on the TV series here. Me, right? So Karen was the first person to start thinking there's more to this, but Matt knows too from what he saw on the rooftop. Foggy never comes around on Frank being redeemable, but he does come around on defending the guy. He's sort of forced into it, which is a great plot and character twist coming up with these two guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. What, protecting protecting Nelson and Murdoch. Um, I miss Karen's argument for why they should be, be defending him. Am I insane? No. Yeah, no, Matt's thinking the same thing. Father, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Punisher is a lunatic, but you care anyway. Right, Karen says it's more like... Curious, yeah. This, of course, setting her up as the investigative reporter for the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Yep, and this is why she's she's in the wrong business here. You know, I think you are. What you think I'm saying? That's not what he was going to say. No, compassionate. Exactly. Yeah, that's the word I should be using. I keep saying empathy, but compassion is the is the the active side of of empathy. Empathy's feeling it. Compassion's acting on it or not acting on it. Um, yeah. He so loves her as a best friend. Karen's the perfect example of like on paper, you know, perfect marriageable material. And for 95% of people, they would be absolutely right. She's an amazing person uh, who's, who keeps getting over incredibly fucking ridiculously insane and mostly out of her control problems that keep landing on her like shit from this guy. So the the first hypothetical, which of course we won't spend too long on, because it's it's rendered moot very soon coming up here, uh, is whether if Electra didn't enter the picture, like is there any way in which Matt and Karen works out? Because Electra completely derails any like quote unquote progress that Matt's made that we've seen, and that Karen's been a big part of. Yeah. The thing I also realized on on. Wait, what? Did she? Did she? She's running after the story now. I, I totally missed. Um, it's for Foggy to to be as. Let's put it this way: Foggy should be way more annoying than he is across the three seasons. That's such a difficult performance because he's constantly pestering Matt. You know, he's the naggy wife in the old sitcoms or whatever. Um, it's a credit to to Alden Hansen. Um, uh, really just fearlessness and taking on that uh, an un- unforgiving role. I mean, they fortified carbon tube helmet. Uh, is this the upgraded suit? I'll leave the testing to you. <laughs> Reinforced ally gloves. Mm-hmm. This guy's such a, such a like John wicky type character. I love, you know, the sort of alternate universe within the city. Right. Like there's just like armor makers everywhere. Making armors for vigilantes. He said, turn them all away. I don't do that anymore. Right. So, yeah. I feel better. Glad you're on the mend. They're actually having a conversation here. I, I forgot that these guys even talked. Thanks, Melvin. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and he's got his own suit. <laughs> Betsy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt. I'll take your word for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, for a lawyer, Matt really doesn't like talking. Maybe it's just maybe the lawyers just like to do their talking in a in a controlled way, occupational way. They're not all super talkative. I think that's true of a lot of extroverts. Actually, it's true of me. I can be extremely talkative over the course of a night or days, and then not want to talk to people for days. Right. So Karen is is this now connected to to Frank? You think with the number of times I've seen this season, I would know what's going on, but it's very, it's pretty complicated, the, all the strands, at least for the first two-thirds. Oh, this is Frank surviving the shot to the head. Got a total vegetable. Right, he only need one nurse. No family, no visitors. Aside from the suits. Hmm... Okay, men, women, probably referring to the DA. Right, so this is the government connection with with, uh, with Punisher. So yeah, I mean, I think if, if the gap between how much I love Elektra and the way some people really despise her is one of the, is like the biggest gap among all comic book characters and figures and personalities. Karen for me is the one that made the biggest jump by far across the seasons. Um, I am, I'm so on board with this actress now. I don't, and I think it was just her, you know, she just seemed too pretty and perky for the writing, the way foggy seemed like it seemed like they were writing for someone that 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 looked and talked differently than karen where they were writing too much for the like the guy who looked foggy and then everything started bouncing out in season two where they started saying okay this is karen let's not try and make her our karen like deborah enwall is our karen so let's come let's triangulate that and with foggy let's give him a, a, a hot girlfriend and irrational confidence and more brains than we initially did and a few less annoying lines and all of a sudden he's a much more likable character but I'm, all I'm going to say, guys, is she's worth it alone for season three, Deborah Ann Wall's performance. Oh, man. Here he is at the park where the, where the shooting was. So, so Frank's reliving. I mean, so the way they start shooting the, up on, on, on John Bernthal and just the filming of him head on in general in Daredevil 2, they definitely, and then, right, and then straight behind with the, the shot pulling back, but straight from the back, looking at the, the, the merry-go-round where his kids died. On the day that his kids died, they really take this forward uh, with the, in, the, in the making of the Punisher. And I haven't done a ton of research. Um, it's usually complicated with television because there's so many people involved. Like when I'm doing movies, I, I, I know the cinematographer, I know the casting director, like all that stuff with, with all the episodes of television, all the different series, like it's hard to do. Knowing these are all Netflix, Marvel, obviously there's lots of the same people working on the project. But in terms of the actual filming of the Daredevil series, I, it did feel... Um, I'm sorry, the Punisher series, it felt very similar to this, to every time we see him in here. So they were, uh, they were either already planning how they were going to shoot it, or they you know, took lessons with what worked. And what, I mean, <laughs> there's not much that doesn't work with John Bernthal just sitting there looking angry. I'm not alone. Oh, is this, is this a hit on Frank? Uh, these people are obviously suicidal. 
All right. So are these guys specifically after Frank, or are they just scum in the park? He's see. This is the thing. Frank lives for this. He's only not thinking of the pain when he's killing these guys like this. Oh, he stabs him. Oh shit! He got a needle in him. We want him alive. Yeah. Right. Also, the the way they connect the Punisher and, and Fisk storyline to the middle of the season in jail, e- even though they never really deal with each other again, I don't think. Well, we'll have to see where it, we'll, we'll see. Maybe they will, but uh, is is brilliant seeing D'Onofrio and 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 Bernthal go at it. Uh, the Irish, the fucking uh, the Irish. <laughs> Someone's got to be the bad guy, right? The Russians, the Irish. Right, so his body armor doesn't protect against a ton of uh, stun guns, I suppose, tasers. Oh, oh, he almost gets the shot off. He almost gets the shot off. Yeah, they've got the they've got the sights trained on him though, just in case. Even though they say they want him alive. Um, the other thing about the Punisher though is they what I didn't realize until I saw it was that they needed and they got the sort of totally non-traditional unexpected sidekick character to Frank who becomes really the main part of the series. Like these series works best when it's actually about the, the secondary leads and not just the leads, you know, when, when we Karen's and foggy's life do get wrapped up in it, you know, but it, but in naturalistic ways, not just like, oh, we need a reason for him to save Karen's life again, which is what it seems like it's it's headed towards in the first season. But more and more, she's her her own independence and Karen's own initiative causes lots of problems, um, but also shows that, you know, she's not just a helpless victim, that she's trying to make something in the situation herself. And you have to do that with those characters. Here's their Betty the Comp. Mm, the Irish. Put a bounty on his head. Yeah. So there you go. That's the that's the utilitarian reason not to go around killing bad guys because then the bad guys go around killing other guys trying to find the guy killing bad guys. So, you know, th- there's arguments in all different directions. Right, you're the problem. Right, because you the informed means dick. Yep. Y- yeah, exactly. This is a Batman thing. I mean, you can't not address this, which is why they made Daredevil as they were like Marvel. Marvel made Daredevil as it's Batman to have a character like that and to have this specific conversation. You know, of you think you're helping making the problem better, but you're actually making it worse. And they're both right and they're both wrong, and it changes depending on the situation. <laughs> so, um, oh, this Karen is this when Karen breaks in the house? Is this is this, uh, is this Frank's old house? Yeah, their friendship is so cool. <laughs> Bizarre. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I have no real reason to spoil what happens in the Punisher series because it's kind of standalone. Even though uh, Karen is in it, you know, and there are some connections, obviously. Frank's series, uh, the Punisher series, um, with John Bernthal, other than some, some Karen stuff, is pretty standalone. So there's not really much to spoil. But it... it you know, it was sort of an unexpected turn that she would become a bit of a moral compass for Frank, sort of by accident. Um, 
I mean, that's the thing, Karen, and that's the great mirror in this in this season is Frank is Karen's Electra, you know, when, when, and, and Matt creates it by accident, sends uh, uh, Karen away for to deal with his Electra problem, and she ends up with a Frank problem. They're trying to save unsavable people. The crazy thing is, and the cool thing is that Frank, although he's killed probably more people than Electra, although who knows? She's a fucking assassin. Um, Frank is uh, is ultimately savable, and Electra ultimately does not appear to be savable. Uh, it kind of depends on how you feel about how Electra was portrayed and if she even was herself in the Defender series. But the fact that they're, they're they, you know, Karen and Matt, who are both disturbed, are taking these hopeless charity projects to somehow soothe their conscience conscience is is so interesting who did it so how did this guy get left here i I missed exactly how that happened but what sucks for him when we're done with him he's good dead mm-hmm yep and uh you know i don't know I mean, Jessica Jones is, is, will always be the closest to my heart. But in terms of outside of JJ1, this is going to probably end up being my favorite all the series, assuming there's not doing any more of the Jessica Jones going forward. And I think not having a traditional bad guy and have the center of attention rather than on a bad guy beyond Frank Castle is pr- the primary reason why. But what, and then Electra just, just, just launches it. Like they could have done a 10 to 13 episode season two with just Frank Castle and some other stuff and just, or just a load of young and some other stuff. The fact that they were able to get both and, and, and I think fully realize both is, is just a stunning achievement of, of television writing. Um, I don't end. I would have to start making comparisons outside of the, uh, the genre, which maybe I'll do at some point. Right. Like dismembering him is going to scare him into doing anything. Generosity is my defining trait. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long way from empathy and compassion are these guys. The the thing about Bernthal is he's just so built that you 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 can buy him taking a, a punishment a superhuman level punishment constantly and still getting up. Uh, it's just a true miracle that someone like Matt Murdock can. And uh, that's that's why you know while the Daredevil suit might look a little goofy at first, having armor over his entire body is actually a very smart idea for the Daredevil. And then pop popping pills always a, a sign. Do I look nervous to you? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Leave me alone with the the psycho killer. And nothing, nothing bad can happen here. All right, so here we are with Mister Evil Irishman again. Here's a great line coming up about his money. He says, <clears throat> "Excuse me." Immediately, he goes. I want my money back. And listen to Frank's response. Your kid's in the box. You want your money. Frank can't understand that whatsoever. He loves his family, obviously. He's psychotic because of his dead family. More punishment. The Punisher taking punishment. It's amazing how he can... It's how believable... Unbelievable how he can take the punishment believably. He said, "This is a great line." He said, "The Irish didn't uh, uh, 
the Irish didn't invent revenge, but we perfected it, basically. <laughs> Am I right? What's the, what is the Punisher thinking at this point? Is he thinking getting out? I gotta control the volume here. I'll tell you. Does he say, like, I'll whisper to you? I'll tell you where your money is. Uh-huh. <laughs> He'll be oversued. <laughs> yeah. There's no motivation to tell him. Yeah, he's coming closer. Boom, here we go. Uh-huh. <laughs> this guy's a coward. Wants one-on-one until he can't handle him. Man. I mean, you have to start to feel bad for, for Frank and what he's suffering, even with all the horrible things he's doing. Here comes the drill. Lord knows what he's going to do with the, the... I'll kill everyone, you bastards. Yep. Yeah. Does he go into him? Oh, he goes right into his foot. Oh, man. Oh, this guy's a fucking sadistic piece of shit. Here's Karen. This is it. So, okay, guys. Officially, not this episode, but next episode, episode five, with Electra and so forth, my dad is going to join me. And starting that episode, we are going to do spoilers for season three. We have to. You guys have had a few weeks to watch season three. So if you're watching this and you haven't watched season three, watch season three and come back. But I will say that what Karen's doing here, taking matters into her own hands, even though Daredevil, even though Matt and Foggy won't understand this for a long time, this is the beginning of her friendship with Frank, but it's also the arc of Karen trying to have agency for herself, which reaches epic proportions, often bad, but, but occasionally with breakthroughs in season three, which is amazing, guys. Let's go see season three, please. Go see it. So who's here? Okay, so there's a, a motion detector... Um, Frank has not been here, I do not believe, since the incident. And that's why Karen can find all the goodies. Um, as I said earlier in this episode, I will state again, especially after season three, I'm not going to spoil here, next episode, Karen is taking the biggest jump from not really liking to really loving of almost any side character in any comic book property ever. Maybe the biggest, and... It starts in this season, it gets great in Punisher in her few episodes, and it just, I think she's the MVP of the main good guy cast, in my opinion, in the, oh, there's one batch, two batch, in season three. One batch, two batch, Penny and Dime, right, which is the name of the episode. This is what you can do, by the way, this episode is over an hour. Some of them are, you know, well shorter than that. But this is what you can do having a full hour and only 13 episodes. You just can't do on the CW, even if you have the writing. Oh, he's kissing a pregnant wife. <clears throat> yeah, and this is immediately Karen's going to start feeling for this guy. And Matt is on board, but he's never around because of fucking Electra coming up. And Foggy never really thinks that this guy should get off, but... In terms of due process of law, Foggy is forced to defend him and comes to believe, if nothing else, that he's worth defending. More yellow. This is great. Um, You know, Iron Fist has some yellow. Here we go. Oh, man. Did Frank get out already? How the hell did he get out? Oh, man. What's great about the Punisher is is it can be very, very violent 
Oh no no, this is Daredevil. Um, but it's mostly here we go. It's mostly about Frank's journey about what, you know when's it right to kill. Maybe not always, even with bad guys. Here we go. Here comes the rescue. He owes a red after this. New plan. Uh huh. Bring him in. Oh no, not dogs. Oh, this is so horrible. This is always my least favorite of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. They're gonna kill the dog just to ruin Frank. Man, this is so brutal. This is so brutal. Mm hmm. Right, everything. Yeah, you can do double to the dog. This is, of course, just going to drive Frank's insanity and psychosis even further. Good boy, good boy. Uh huh. And here comes the drill. Uh, I mean, normally I don't love this sadism stuff in the show, but when it serves the plot and character, um, you have to do it. And show is as dark and complicated as Daredevil. Gives it, gives him the, he gives him the location, and this guy's still gonna, I think, go through with killing the dog. Yeah, he's an animal lover. That's sweet. Take him out. Uh-huh. Oh, maybe, do they not kill him? Mm-hmm. Here it comes. Uh-huh. Keep you alive until Cash is safe at hand. Yeah. Yeah, that's not very long. Hopefully Daredevil shows up before all this happens. Mm-hmm. Make it quick. Yep. All right, so where is this leading exactly? Other than more torture. Oh, yep. <laughs> Gotta break the bonds, just like Daredevil did a couple episodes ago. Indistinct chatter. There he is, baby. Oh, yeah. Devil's of Hell, Devil of Hell's Kitchen. Taking care of business. Taking care of business. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Man one, man two. Yeah, might as well just call them red shirts. Just so much cooler than Batman. Smaller. He's got cool powers. Oh, man. Oh, he buried a fucking razor blade in his fucking wrist for just such occasion. Yeah, and that actually makes sense with his character. So this is one of the only times the freeing yourself from from bindings actually makes sense from a character standpoint. It's so obvious that Castle would do that, expecting to get caught. Oh no! <laughs> I totally forgot that he told him. Yeah, he said, "Where's the bomb?" Yep. Yeah. Uh, he's out. He's out. He's up. He's shooting. He's shooting. Impetuting with the shooting. Punishment in the head. Doesn't give a fuck. He's he's like John Wick, but more heartless. Oh man, no look shotgun shot. Is he gonna even fuck with this guy? Is he gonna blow him away? Is he gonna try? Because normally Frank doesn't torture like John Wick. He normally just blows him away. You wanted this. I counted on it. Yeah, that's right. Uh huh. What's he gonna ask him? Oh uh, yeah. We're not really gonna learn this to the Punisher. 
Yeah, the Punisher series. Who cares? This is a great death scene. Yeah. That's one of those, like, totally nihilistic, like, fuck everything. It just blows his face off. Here we go, baby. Here we go. Yeah. Got a coffin-shaped shield. We got him. One batch, two batch. There it is. Penny and dime. And Devil of Hell's Kitchen. Now what's Frank going to do? I think, is this where he finally arrests Frank? Nah. He's, he's so badly hurt. He, is, he doesn't want to take on Daredevil. <laughs> Look at these two. They're going to pay every single goddamn one of them. Uh-huh. They will. Not tonight. Yeah, this is the rescue. A rescue effort. He knows that he's been following Frank almost this entire time. He knows that everything hinges on not letting the situation escalate even more. Frank's going to kill hundreds or thousands of people. And maybe they all deserve it, but as we talked about on the rooftop, there has to be a limit. Spitting up blood, can barely walk. Was the Punisher going to do something? And... Oh, Daredevil stops him from killing. This is a whole scene of of, of, of uh, Punisher trying to kill, and he just can't because he's not strong enough. <laughs> yeah, he has to do it Murdoch's way, Daredevil's way, because he doesn't have strength otherwise. All right, let's get out of here, he says. It's kind of a shame that, we, spoiler alert, we don't get Daredevil in the Punisher series, and we don't get Punisher in the next season of Daredevil. But, you know, it's tough. That's why they've got Claire Temple and Misty Knight and Karen to cross over. They can't get some of the other characters. I mean, the women are always the, are always the foundations. They're always the, uh, the ones anchoring the, these crazy dudes. Uh, Jessica Henwick obviously has Colleen as well with the Iron Fist. Um, also, I'm going to start spoiling Iron Fist because that came out even earlier. So if you haven't seen Iron Fist Season 2, stop listening now. Colleen gets the Iron Fist. She doesn't want it. Danny doesn't want it, so he wants her to take it because she's, she's stronger and more responsible. And not only does she have the Iron Fist, but at the very end she's wielding her katana with a white light coming from her hand. Because each person has the Iron Fist. It's a different color and manifests differently. And so she can, like, bishop with his energy weapons from the X-Men going through the guns. Uh, Khalid can do it through the sword. Uh, and it's amazing. And it's said that we're not getting Iron Fist 3, but maybe they're just lying at Disney. Oh, he's helping him to the graveyard. Oh, is this where the family is? Yep. Yep. We come back here when he's when he's uh when he thinks Lieberman is is not on his side for the first few episodes. He basically tortures Lieberman until he realizes Lieberman's on his side and the same people are after both of them and the Punisher, but you will have to watch that. It may come up in this series or with my dad, but probably probably not. Hey. Does he thank him? Not bad. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Frank Castle for for thank you. Uh-huh. I guess I was wrong. Huh. About you being a pussy. <laughs> Don't get sweet on me now, Frank. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Helps on the way. Yeah. I mean, Frank's beyond having a death wish. I'm past saving. Uh-huh. Yep. Don't cash out, Frank. Come on, buddy. We got work to do. We got work to do, son. 
We made a hell of a Marine. That's a great compliment from someone like him. That rhyme. Mm-hmm. One batch, two batch, penny dime. Yeah. That thing you say. Right. One batch, two batch. Right before you pull the trigger. Yeah. Yeah, you can hear everything. Uh-huh. That's like, what the, that's like the first time we've ever seen Frank just totally confused in a non-aggressive way. <laughs> you might really be the devil, says the mass murderer. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's uh, what? one batch, two batch. Penny and dime. Yep. Uh, it's the Ask the Girl's favorite book. And, of course, Karen's already discovered that. Exactly. Yeah, the fighting and the death around him is always the easiest part. The killing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nothing meant anything. Yep. And this is this is a brilliant twist for the character that we to revisit. This is the main character thing throughout the Predator series, is that he's he's more scared of being a dad and being not in a war zone than being in a war zone. So just like as I talk about Jeremy Renner in, uh, in the Heart Locker. Yeah, he passed fast food, donut shops. Mm-hmm. Shit you fought to protect. The car stops and outside her school. Oh, this is so great. This is amazing dialogue. I don't even want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. What does she have no idea about Frank? She's no idea that he's um. Mm-hmm. Yoga. <laughs> Fucking millennials. <laughs> he remembers everything about them, even though he wasn't a good dad necessarily. Looks like a flower. Oh. He's like psychotically poetic. Right. Yeah. How does something that beautiful? Yeah. Innocent of innocence of kids. How does that come from me? Yeah. Such a h- horrifying guy in his mind, at least. This beautiful, innocent creature comes out of her. Yeah. It's like flames in his memory of this stuff. That's real red. And this is why he actually goes against his lawyer's uh, pleas and just wants to plead guilty, go to jail, and be done with it. He's just so tired. Yeah, we know that he loved his daughter more, or just treated her better. He didn't treat his son great. He didn't always treat his wife great. You know, but daddy's a little girl, as I've talked about. <laughs> A rubber-faced clown. Crying. Burnthal's such a fucking genius. Thank God we're getting another Punisher season. I mean, he's ridiculous movie talent and not on TV. Not my girl. She's not my girl. Oh, Matt Murdock's smiling, just letting him talk. Yep. It's the only thing keeping him going is his daughter, and that's why he, he, it's, it's all lost when they're gone. 
This is a crazy long scene. Alright, then we go home, wife the boy. Uh-huh. It's been like 10 minutes so far. Yeah, of course the son worships the dad and he's not the best dad to his son. What hit you? Yeah, tired, exactly. It's, it's just mental and physical and spiritual exhaustion. He's just tired. Mm-hmm. You ever been tired, Red? Yeah, he's been tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Custom looks great. I don't know why they felt they'd take it away for season three. I couldn't take my wife to bed. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. He was really just, like, zombified. But though he's not making the connection with the war, we are in as, I don't think, PTSD. Which is clearly what it is. Yeah. She wanted him to do it, even though she was too old for it. Because who knows how long he's going to be around, I guess. She had that book. Oh, that's one batch, two batch. Mm-hmm. There it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like his anchor, his daughter, the book, the tucking in. See how much he's talking about his daughter, not so much about the son and wife. We hear about his regret about those relationships in his series. Begged. This is ridiculous performance. This is like Academy Award level shit. I said no. Oh, man. Was that the night before the massacre? Daddy's too tired. And there was no tomorrow night. <coughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <sighs> Great music. Cue coming in. Mm-hmm. Oh, meat was spilling out of her. Jesus Christ, man. <sighs> man, his face. I mean, they were completely annihilated. It wasn't just stray shot. I mean, they were really brutally killed, all of them. Yeah. The thing is, what's, in Punisher, as he's putting the clues together, you're with him not killing a ton but by the end, you kind of want him to murder certain people that's behind his family and, and him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Handing him over. Silver platter. You're welcome, officer. <laughs> Shots fired. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have something for you. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Frank's done. He can't. He's He's over. Yeah. Is this, this is, get him out. Is this a fake arrest here? Take the collar. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And this is Batman's thing too about Gordon. Like, even if it was me, Gordon, it has to seem like it's you to protect the kitchen. Yep. For law, for order. Exactly. And that's what these guys are about. Yeah. Take the collar. Right. Get a promotion. You earned it system works even if it doesn't not his justice not mine that the system works even if it doesn't yeah. 
Police are in charge. You can let him go. Right, it's not the truth. Man, sometimes you have to make something happen the way not how it happens, I guess. You can let him go. Get the fuck out of here. Go. I don't know what you are, but I know you ain't him. Exactly. Yep, there it is, baby. Wow, what an epic episode. Here it is. The arrest of Frank Castle, a.k.a. The Punisher. Gives himself up. He's so injured, but still, could have gotten out of it if he wanted to. He knew the cops were coming. He wanted to give his last confession to Daredevil. Now Matt has sympathy for him. Karen's going to have sympathy for him, but the whole thing's going to get fucked up by a load of young, a.k.a. Elektra. Right now, is this is this is like you know the second Avengers movie, Ultron. They're at the height of their powers. They think they've won. Every, all everything they fought for is coming together. Matt's gonna feel good. Karen and Fog, you're gonna feel decent. And then, shit. <laughs> there it is, Brett Mahoney. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spreading the lies. Isn't that Murdoch? Uh-huh, Froggy knows it was Daredevil. Presser calling Castle Cold a psychopath, Karen. Yeah, he's the perfect straw doll or, or uh, you know, a voodoo doll for the, the corruptier. <laughs> Enough of the Punisher. All right, here we go. Oh, boy, guys. Oh, boy. This, they're the height of their powers. You think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's the last gasp of the relationship that was never, ever, ever meant to be and certainly was never going to work. Although he wants to give it a shot. I think. Mm-hmm. She's a good girl. He's rubbing her arm, having a connection. Could we have a happily ever after with Matthew and Karen? Ooh, what's your brother like? He's dead. I wonder how much, spoiler alert, I wonder how much, she's lying. I wonder how much they knew about Karen's backstory before the full reveal of her backstory in season three. I it seems like she's hiding something there, but she's hiding that he's actually dead and that she killed him accidentally. So here comes the spoilers, guys. Go watch season three. Yeah, keep going, Lex. You might end up, you might end up happy, says Foggy, but oh boy, does the anti-happiness machine in the form of Electra slice through his potential happiness like a katana. <laughs> Franklin, fuck! I love his name's Franklin. So Franklin Nelson, attorney at law, that's brilliant. So now what? It's raining. Karen's finally feeling 
kind of good. Matt looks more relaxed and smiley. And, I mean, we've never seen Matt smile like this thing, I don't think. Through so this, the Defenders in Daredevil Season 3, I don't think we see him this relaxed, happy, and smiley. Oh, right. He says not tonight, I think. Yeah. She walks him home, but I think he then... Because she's not there when Electra comes in. I always forget how this goes down. Great shooting of the city. Like I said, Jessica Jones, they planted a flag, said we're going to spend more money to film it in New York to make it feel real. We'll do some set shots in L.A. later. But you can't fake this. This is clearly New York. I would be able to recognize, and many people would be able to recognize it if it wasn't. But in the great tradition of dark drama, the uh, this this reverse Mary Jane spider scene, you know, the upside down kiss, classic upside down kiss from Spider Man, uh, is not gonna go the way you think. To quote Luke Skywalker from Last Jedi, that goddamn movie. He can feel every drop. He can hear every drop. And it's kind of a curse as well as a blessing. Um, it's amazing he didn't go totally crazy. Um, you know, most people who can feel too much, it, it drives them totally nutso. So the fact that he was able to get that under control, she's like so ready to go. I'm not, I'm not going to be too graphic here, but let's just say she is, she is uh, revved up and ready to go is Karen. And who can blame her or him? So, guys, we only have a couple minutes left here. I don't know if my dad's going to be on five and or six in some future episodes because he loves Electra. We're going to give it a try. See if you can pay attention to the commentary, not just Electra. They, they kiss and they kiss. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And this, the music and everything, it's like, we're only four episodes in of 13. Like, this can't possibly, this loop can't possibly be closed already. So can I take you to dinner? Yes. Tomorrow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is interesting, even though he can't see how beautiful she is the way we do, he clearly recognizes beautiful women as Foggy's always making fun of him about. It's, it's truthful, it's on point. So I was wonder, you know, wonder what he sort of senses among everything else. They smell the curve of their body. That he's, He knows they're attractive. And, and she looks back and she's happy and that's it. Look at her, Karen, happy as she's been, maybe ever, and certainly in her adult life. And boy, is it going to go to shit. Oh, my God, people. So I'm sorry if you don't like Electra. I'm not going to do really a straight-up defense of Electra from here till the end. I don't feel like I need to. So hopefully if you join me, you can at least get behind me laughing at, at her. Because uh, she's so cruel, and but like darkly hilarious. Here we go. Something's off in the Murdoch residence. She can hide, though. She can hide her breath the way the ninjas can that we see later in the season, which is cool. Does she just jump out of nowhere? Matt's thinking about it. He's smiling. He's actually happy. He's having a beer. It's like, wow, this is what a normal life feels like. I actually did good today. And then, oh. What? 
I love Matthew. <laughs> Oh, man, she's so evil. Electra, yes. Great. Greatness. Well, that was a long episode, guys. Thank you for sticking with me. Um, you know, there's there's certainly... Um, uh, it's just There's just some episodes where there's not a lot of subtext. It's just a brilliantly done episode. Um, but with my dad on for the next few ones about Electra, and, and we can sort of talk about her, it should be really interesting. Thank you so much for joining me for Daredevil Season 2 episode uh, 4, Penny and Dime. Next episode, episode 5, is called Kin Baku. I have no idea what that means, but we will figure it out together. The, the trial of Frank's going to start and the undoing of the entire Franklin, um, I'm sorry, Murdoch and uh, 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 Nelson clan uh, and just Matt's own brain going to ship in, in, in Helen, Helen in the handbasket. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Daredevil gets totally fucked up by Electra from now till the end of the season and it's not really good for anyone. So, you guys have been awesome as always. I have been the Bizzle as always. Thank you so much for tuning in to my Daredevil commentaries. I'll be coming back at you soon but for now, the Bizzle is out. <laughs>